Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Joe McCall. This is the REI Secrets webinar series. Hope you're doing well. I'm here every week to do these really simple REI Secret webinar series with you because I want to just show you kind of what's going on in this little brain here and help you figure out how to get more leads, do more deals, make more money. That's my whole goal, right? And I believe that there are three keys to success in this business, marketing, automation, and delegation. So my goal in this free content that I give to you here is to show you how I, you know, my marketing tricks and tips and hacks and how I get more leads and how I analyze deals, how I make offers so that you can take what I've done here and copy it and emulate it and do it yourself as well. So on today's video, I'm going to look at three deals that students have submitted to me to review. And I'm going to look at them and tell you what I think, tell you how I would offer differently or what I would offer differently, how I would change it and et cetera. So few things first, if you want more information about how to work with me and how to submit deals to me to get me to review them, I want you to go to partnerwithjoe.net, partnerwithjoe.net. I have a 30-day class in there where I'm going to teach you the fastest, simplest way to a deal from beginning to end in 30 days or less. And it's just seven bucks. So if you go to partnerwithjoe.net, you'll be taken to a page where you can download a free version of my offer calculator software. I'm going to show you that here in this demo in a couple of deals that we look at. You get that for free. But when you join Partner with Joe, it's just seven bucks. You're going to get access to the pro version, which lets you calculate not just two different cash offers, but two different lease option offers, two different owner financing offers. It's a software that you get free access to as part of the Partner with Joe program. But I'm also going to be teaching you in this program how to find deals, how to do deals, even in a difficult, crazy market like we're in right now, there are still motivated sellers out there. There are still deals to be found out there. And I want to help you find every single one of them that you can. All right. So on today's video, again, I'm going to be walking through a couple of deals that were submitted to me in advance. Now, I'll just kind of tell you, I'd probably say 90% of the deals that get submitted to me to review are not deals yet, but they're so close, right? And I just, every time a student submits a deal to me to look at, either to partner with them on or to lend them money on or, or whatever, I'm, I'm so happy and proud of them. I'm like, yes, you know, congratulations, number one, for even taking that step for making the offer. Like that is awesome. Congratulations to you guys that are making, you know, doing the marketing, submitting the offers, making offers, right? And following up because that's where the deals come from. You're never going to do a deal unless you make an offer and you virtually will never do deals unless you follow up. So when you follow up, it's so much better and easier to follow up with the seller that you've made an offer to in the past. A lot of times sellers, they just need time to cook. They're not ready to take your offer yet. I mean, their expectations are up here. They think the value is up here, but the price is really down here. Sometimes sellers just need some time to cook. They need some time to think about it and to realize, oh crap, I'm not going to be able to sell it for that. Or, you know, this house needs way more work than I thought it would be need. Or there's not all of these, you know, they hear the market is hot, but no, nobody that's, why has this house been sitting on the market now for 30, 60 days? I'm going to have to go in and fix it all up. And I don't want to do that. 
And they're going to remember you because you've sent them an offer and you followed up with them. So you're doing two things here that most of your competition is not doing. Number one, you're talking to at least five sellers a day. Okay. Number two, there's three things here. Number two, you're making an offer to every seller you talk to. And if you go to partnerwithjoe.net, this software is going to help you make simple offers. Okay. So number one, you're talking to five sellers a day. Every single day you're talking to sellers, right? And number two, you're making an offer to every single seller you talk to. And that's super easy. Don't be intimidated by that. It's really easy. And number three, you're following up with every single seller you make an offer to every 30 days, because that's where the magic happens. That's where the money happens. Marketing automation delegation, all right? So number one, you get your marketing going out the door. So it's giving you leads every day. You talk to five of those sellers, right? And you have the automation in place where you can make simple offers or your virtual assistants can make these offers for you. And then you have the automation and the delegation in place where the follow-up is getting done for you in spite of you, okay? That's my whole goal here with REI Secrets. And if you want to learn more about that, just go to partnerwithjoe.net, partnerwithjoe.net, all right? So let's look at this. I'm going to try to share my screen here. And if you're with me, some of you guys can, you're, some of you are with me right now on Zoom and some of you are watching me live on YouTube and Facebook. So if you can, some of you are listening on the podcast. So hello, all you podcast listeners as well. I'm going to be showing you guys some things on my screen here. So if you're listening on the podcast, please go to my YouTube channel to watch this video of me doing it later. So I'm going to share my screen right now and hopefully this works. All right. So when you go to partnerwithjoe.net, you're going to first see this page here. This is a way you can, um, this, this will give you a simple way to calculate some offers. Now, when you get there, here is a, uh, when, when you opt in at partnerwithjoe.net, it takes you here and it has a, a simple video that shows you how to use this. And if you scroll down here, uh, this is a software, okay? And this is the light version of the software. So put, you put your information in, you put the property information in, it helps you figure out the ARV of the property, and then you come up with a, it helps you come up with two different cash offers on the property. And we're going to be walking through that here, okay? Now, the first deal that was submitted to me here, this was a deal that was just submitted to me. And um, the, the person that submitted it was, you know, kind of, it seemed to me kind of excited because they got this probably at a really good deal. However, this is in a really rough area of St. Louis. All right. And if I zoom out, and if you're familiar at all with St. Louis, you'll see why here. I'm going to zoom out. All right. It is North City. <laughs> this is like one of the worst areas of St. Louis. Really, really rough area. Now there are some regent there is some regentrification going on here. It happens in pockets, but this is pretty rough. <clears throat> so I'm just going to show you on a map. First, let's look at a satellite view. And I always like looking at satellite views because it kind of tells you what's in the neighborhood. And if you see a lot of, if you're in the inner city and if you see a lot of vacant lots where there's something that's wrong. Now there, you can see some, there's some regentrification, there's some new construction kind of going on here, right? If I zoom in, you can see maybe some townhomes that were just built. These are new construction townhomes, but look what else I'm seeing here. A lot of vacant lots, which means there was at one time properties here, but you know they've just been torn down. The cities are going in and kind of tearing things down. Uh, this is a, looks like a new development here where they're re rebuilding some townhomes. That's good. All right. Let's see where this property is right here. Okay. Let me uh, copy this address, put it in again here. All right. There it is. It's right there, this property right here. Now, this a good sign is there's some new construction right up here, and there's some new construction right here, but you still have some industrial area here. 
this is one of those areas that it's you got to you got to be careful driving in these neighborhoods. Okay, let's go to the street view, and this street view was taken two years ago. So, granted, things might have changed a little bit, but this is what we have here: vacant lot. They're tearing down buildings. Maybe this is right in the middle of you know part of the de demo. Maybe this building has been demoed too. All right, so this is the building right here. Yes, it needs a full gut rehab. It's a historical building. All right, let's let's look down the street a little further here. Just looking at the neighborhood. This is what's across the street. This is the building right here. This might be a church. Let's scroll down the street a little bit more. Let's go to this main street. All right. So this, yeah, yeah. I told the student of this particular deal. I have, I have zero interest in partnering on this deal. But I wanted to show you guys in an area like this, and there's the arch, St. Louis Arch. In an, It's a funny story. I was just going to the dome. See this dome right there? This is the, it used to be called the Edward Jones Dome where the St. Louis Rams used to play football. I was, I was following Apple Maps to get to the dome and just a week ago to go to, I forget what it was. Oh yeah, the, the US Olympic gymnastics trials were in St. Louis. And I won't bore you with the details, but the map, Apple Maps actually took me way out of the way to get there. And I actually drove through this street, through this neighborhood to get there. This was just a week ago. And so I know this area firsthand because I was just there driving through here in a backwards way to get to the stadium. And it was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ever going to trust Apple Maps again because Google Maps had me going there a better, more direct route. Apple Maps had me going through this area. All right, so anyway, you know, let's look at the details on this property. If you go to propstreamjoe.com, propstreamjoe.com, this is one of the reasons why I love PropStream. Is you get so much detailed information on this. Again, propstreamjoe.com. They're going to give you detailed property analysis. And you're going to, I'm going to show you here, I'm going to show you what I would offer. And I'm going to show you how I would come up with that offer. And one of the main tools I'm going to use is PropStream, propstreamjoe.com. And I'll show you why. Now this one, this was sold, this property was sold in October, 2018. So it's been owned by for two years and seven months by this W&W &W real estate company, which is based out of St. Louis. So this is a local St. Louis company that bought this property about three years, two and a half years ago. And let's see what they bought it for. They bought it for $130,000. I'm not sure what, I messaged my student to see what he got it under contract for. So I don't know the number yet. But you know, almost when it comes to these kinds of properties, I don't care what anybody thinks the ARV is, what the property is worth. All I care about is one thing. What do my buyers that I'm going to wholesale this property, what do they think it's worth? What are they willing to pay for it? This is such an important concept to understand. What are your end buyers? The, the company that is going into this neighborhood and buying properties up and refurbishing them, demoing them, rebuilding new townhomes and something like that. What do they think the property is worth and what would they be willing to pay for it? That's all I care about. And what if I want to, so this is why in this area specifically, you have to find your buyers first, write this one down. That's a writer downer. You've got to find your buyers first. It's so much easier to shop for what buyers want than to sell them what you have. And if you've got a property like this under contract and you're trying to sell them what you have, you're going to have a much harder time. If you're in this area, and this student who gave me this deal is from out of town. And so he doesn't know this area as well as I do. And granted, but this is the true, this is the same thing, no matter where you're doing deals in your own market or virtually in other markets, you've got to know what your buyers want. Can picture, you know, getting, making a bowl of spaghetti and walking out into the street and trying to sell people your bowl of spaghetti. You know, you're not going to get many people that want to buy it. But imagine instead getting a pad and paper out and saying, hey, I just took a new job with Uber Eats and I'm going to go, um, I, you know, do you want something to eat? I'll go get it for you. 
okay? And you take their order and then you go get the, how much easier would it be to sell food by taking people's orders and then go getting what they want or making it and then trying to sell them what you have? So it's much easier to sell people what they want than what you have. Write that down. So in this case, who are the buyers that are buying these things? All right. And I'm going to show you how to find them. And what would they be willing to pay for this property? Now, this may be a good area. This is a great, I mean, this is a, a good high traffic street. People are taking this street to go to the Edward, the, the Jones or the, the dome right there. Not much goes on there anymore, by the way. It's kind of sad. You know, they might be taking this road to get to the arch or the, there's a big casino right there. So here's some pictures. This is obviously a piece of work. You know, could this be a townhome? Could it be a, okay, my, my student just responded to my Facebook message about this. I'm going to message him right now. What did you get this under contract for? All right, we'll see. I don't know if he is on this webinar with me right now, but you can see there was some brick on this, but the brick fell off. I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe they were trying to add the addition on and they didn't finish it. Here's some interior photos. I mean, this is a historic building. It's really cool. It'd be cool to know what this was originally. Maybe they were trying, looks like they were trying to do some rehab at one time, but whoever started the rehab didn't finish it. I would imagine somebody that's going to get into this thing and fix it, finish it up would be somebody that would turn it into like a um, an apartment, like a small apartment or something like that. All right. There's a lot of potential here. Yes. But it's still in an area that's rough. It's hard to find the contractors that are going to be willing to put in the work to do their to do any work there. Why? Well, it's, it's hard to find a contractor that would... A contractor comes with lots of tools. And are you going to have... It's hard to find a contractor that's willing to bring their tools there and keep them there overnight and not want to go through the hassle of leaving with all their tools every day. All right. So anyway, this was... A, somebody's asking, why was there a number on it? This was a property. They bought it for two and a half years ago for $130,000. They bought it a year and a half ago, two and a half years ago for $130,000. Okay, so this student got it under contract for 185. He just messaged me. He got it under contract for 185. So whoever bought this is trying to wholesale it themselves. And my my guess is they thought they could fix this thing up and sell it. Maybe they put some work into it, I don't know. And they thought they got a good deal out of it, but then they realized, yeah, this is this area isn't turning around as quickly. I don't know. So they're trying to make a little profit on it and sell it. And so my student got it under contract for 185. He wants to wholesale it. All right. So I don't know. I think this is a, a a tough deal. One of the things you can do here is you can look at, okay, this this company, what else are they buying, right? And if you click on their address here or click on linked properties, this is this is a company, they own 64 properties. They have open loans of about 4.3 million. The total value estimated is about 11.4 million. So this is a, a serious player, maybe, that's buying a lot of properties. And so you can see all the different properties they're buying in here. And if you had the time, you could go in to see what's going on here. And, and it could be that this is a company that bought a lot of homes in a certain area in hopes of, and I'm looking at the addresses here, and I might even know who this person is. Looks like they're buying a lot of homes in certain areas in the hopes of getting a bunch of properties that they can tear everything down and rebuild a brand new development or a big, huge commercial property in this area. And I don't have the time right now, but looking at all of these addresses, a lot of these are in the same area. And it's telling me that maybe that's that's what they're trying to do here. And, and there's a couple big companies in St. Louis that are doing that. They're buying up tons of dilapidated properties in the hopes of getting enough in an area they can tear everything down, get a big commercial business in there to redevelop it and turn it into a big commercial area. For whatever reason, they don't like this property anymore. They're trying to sell it and get rid of it because maybe it's outside of the area. I don't know. All right. So 
one of the things that you can do is I want to know who are the buyers that are actually buying properties right now in this zip code, 63106. So one of the things that you can do is you can go to Redfin. I like Redfin for this reason. I'll show you in a minute. And let's just put in that zip code right there, 63106. And you can see it's right in this area here. And our property that we're looking at is right there. This is a tough area. All right. Let's just, I'll show you what is actually for sale right now in this area. You've got this place for 19. Let me sort this by price. They're selling this for 19,000. This is a vacant lot, maybe. It's been on the market for 353 days for 60,000. Another vacant lot for 60 grand. So they're trying to sell vacant lots for 60. One of the things I think about is in areas like this, they're trying to sell these vacant lots for 60 and they're not selling. Maybe a vacant lot would sell for 30 grand. So I would offer, you know, when it comes to infill lots, and I, 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 my offers are so ridiculously cheap. I would probably offer a thousand dollars for any for an infill lot here, thousand bucks. And then you might even be asked. You got to be careful because once you own these things, the city will be on you like white on rice. And to 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 cut the grass, to keep the riffraff away, um, you'll start getting fines and penalties if you're not taking care of the vacant lot. You have to fence it off. If there's vandals coming around, you know they're you're the one responsible. So you just got to be super careful. Now, some of these are like units, like uh, uh, condo units, right? All right, so there's not much for sale right now. Now let's go here to, and it's not because it's super competitive. It's just it's just not a good area. Let's look here. Let's turn for sale off and sold on in the last year. Let's see what is sold inside that area. Apply filters. Again, not much, but I want to show you something here. This thing right here sold for seven grand, right? Let's click on view details. All right. Beautiful property. Somebody bought it for seven grand two months ago. Uh, look at this. I like this. I, can you see this here? I'm going to zoom in. Listed by Alexia Alexia Anderson, Rome West Realty, and bought with Edgar Rea, Berkshire Hathaway Select. So who do you think I should call? I'm going to call both of them, but this is what I'm suggesting you do. Like, let's Google Ed, Ed, Edgar Rea. All right, there he is right there. Well, you know what? There's his phone number right there, right in Google. He is in St. Louis, Missouri. That's maybe his office or something like that, the Berkshire Hathaway office. Call him and you call that number, or you can look at his page here. Ah, young, ambitious guy, younger guy, right? Who's hungry. Usually, um, how do I say this delicately? Like, usually though, the, the people that are um, doing a lot of deals in these worse areas are one of the, the more, the, they're more the hustlers, the guys that are out there working hard, trying to make it happen. It's kind of like they're normally the beginning realtors, the ones that are just new in the business and they're the more hungry ones, I guess is a good way to put it. Here's his mobile number. All right. I would call this guy up and just say, Hey, Edgar, um, I saw that you sold a property recently on, let me zoom out here on North Florissant and you sold it for seven grand. I'm wondering, I got another property maybe under contract, not too far away. I was wondering if your client might be looking for more deals like that. Would your client be looking for something? And you just want to tell them, I got this property. I'm, I'm thinking about, depends on how you want to do this. You tell them the address. I'm either thinking about buying it and closing on it, or maybe just selling it. I want to know if your client might be interested in it. I'll let you represent me and you can get both sides of the commission. Whenever you're talking to a realtor, you're always talking to them about getting both sides of the commission. 
So you can get the listing, you get the buyer's agent commission and the seller's agent commissions, okay? But I just need to know what would your buyer be interested in buying this property for? You want to find out from that agent and maybe even get, because once the agent understands, be honest with them, right? But once they understand what you're doing and they have some, they have some interest in the deal because they can start making, they can make some money. They have, they have a client who's already buying things there is looking for more. They're going to be honest with you and tell you, okay, well, you know what? I know that area, that property. Yeah. It's a big, it's, it's somebody was asking about the address. Why is there multiple numbers? There's like it's like a multifamily, so there's different addresses for that one building. Anyway, um, they're going to tell you, yeah, you know what? Um, that's right in that. It's on the right side of the street. It's on the wrong side of the street. Um, there's a developer I know that's looking to buy some more properties up in there. Um, I just want to know from this realtor as I'm talking to them, what would you? What do you think I could sell it for? Okay, do you have any buyers that are interested in this? What would they pay? Then when you find out what that buyer would pay, you go back to the seller and offer 10 grand less. It's as simple as that, right? So now I'm going back here, call this guy up. I have his cell phone number right there. Tell him what you're doing, okay? This is just Redfin now, right? Let's go to another property. This one, this is a maybe a vacant lot that's sold. You can kind of see, see where it's red. So these are some vacant lots, right? If you click on one of them, go to view details. If it was an MLS property, you can go down here and see, here we go. It was listed by Lauren and sold with Tequila Reed. That's a cool name. Oh, look, another Berkshire Hathaway Select. How would you like to be called Tequila? <laughs> tequila? I don't like tequila. I'm just saying. All right. That does not look like a phone number. So just do different. Here we go. This is from the stlrealtors.com. This is their local real estate commission. You can pull up realtors here. And what was her name? Tequila. Well, anyway, she's on here somewhere. Just find her. Okay. Or contact the office. The other thing is you want, you might want to contact the listing agent as well, Lauren Haskins, and just ask her, Hey, you know, um, do you have any other clients that were maybe interested in buying that one property? That might be looking for something else. Because even though it's a teardown, you could easily maybe tear this property down. Same thing with this one here. You see, look, the, the, these properties were on the market for a long time. It takes a special buyer that wants to buy these things. And this, yeah, there we go, David McCollum. So just in this little search I've done, I found three different realtors, three different listing agents, three different buyer's agents that you can call. I'm telling you guys, this is this is gold. Call these realtors up. And again, when you talk to them, you tell them what's in it for them. You don't want to, you always approach realtors and other investors and people that you're partnering with on this business. Like, how can I make you more money? How can I bring you more money? All right. Don't just call them to pick their brain. You want to tell them, listen, I got a deal here. I think maybe I can make, I can help you make some extra money here. I see you just sold a property recently. You just listed a property recently. I got another deal here. Maybe your client or you know somebody that might be interested and I'd be willing to pay you a big fat commission check. Okay. All right. Good stuff here, right? Good stuff here. Now that I would call the solds and I would call the actives. I want to show you one other thing here too. Remember, we're going to go here to uh, PropStream Joe. All right. And I want to do a search for, uh, you know what? Well, I'm going to do a couple of things here in PropStream. Um, right here, you can go to um, uh, comps and there's not going to be many here because of the neighborhood, but let's let's go out two miles. Yeah, there's only two well, because of the square footage thing here. So we need to make the square footage better. So in the last year, in a mile radius, okay, that's too many. Let's do 0.5 miles. Let's do 0.75 miles. All right, there we go. We've got 12 comps here, okay? If uh, we look out within a half, within, within three quarters of the mile, these are all of the properties that have sold from the MLS in the last year. You can look at public records or MLS. Sometimes I like to look at the two and see if there's a difference. 
Sometimes there's a lot more, uh, but based on if your state is a non-disclosure state, you can see who or what sold these things. So here's 60, let's just do both, all right? So we've got 74 properties here. You can highlight all of them, all right, and add them, and you can export them into a, from a spreadsheet. You can export them into a spreadsheet and see who the agent was and see who the buyer was, and you can then contact them. You can skip trace them. All right, here's a property here. Let's look at this one. This is a property nearby that's sold. From PropStream. And the cool thing that, you know, I just showed you how to do it in Redfin, but the cool thing with PropStream is PropStream is going to give you a lot more information on who the buyer was and who the agent was when this thing was sold. And so I can see four months ago, this investor bought this property right here, JMSC Jaguar Investments. And this was the mailing address. And if I scroll down, get more information, they bought this thing for $5,700. All right. I don't care if it's a different property, right? I just, I want to know who are these buyers. And I can Google that name if I want, see what comes up. I can go to cash sale. I can see they bought it for 5,700. So this guy is buying properties for 5,700. You know what? Maybe I should offer $500. I've had sellers accept my offers for $500 before, and I still wasn't able to sell I had, I've told a seller sometimes, what would you pay me to buy your house? What would you pay me to buy your house? And they've said, well, I don't know. I mean, what do you mean? I've never, no one's ever told me, asked me that question before. I was like, I had one deal one time. I could not give it away. I literally, it was in such a bad area in such a beat up shape. I couldn't pay somebody to buy it. So you just, you know, go ahead and make an offer ridiculous, 500 bucks with a 90 day contingency on there. And you can find out within 90 days, whether you can find a buyer or not. All right. So in this one too, you can go see who the listing agent was many times of these sold properties right here under agent information. Okay. You can see who the listing agent was or the buyer's agent right here from PropStream. All right. So I want to show you something else too here. If we go to 63106 in PropStream, and I may need to search outside of this area. All right. 63106. There are 3,800 properties in that zip code right there. And by the way, see this whole area right here that's been, that's brown. This might be an area, I'm trying to look at this here. I'm not sure how long ago the satellite picture was taken, but it says it was taken in 2021. This might be right in that area where they're, they bought a bunch of properties. They tore them all down and they're building a big commercial thing. And I know the, um, in this area too, like one of the, the national geospatial technology government agencies is building a big headquarters right here. So this may be part of it. And this may be again, why these, some of these investors are buying this, my properties right here. The property we're looking at is right here. Okay. And this is a, is a huge geospace. It's like a big giant government agency is building a headquarters here. I think this is it. So there's a lot of investors thinking, oh man, we should buy these other properties up in this area because maybe somebody else will develop it. Anyway, Again, it doesn't matter what I think the property's worth. I want to know what other investors are buying properties for here. So I could go here into filter. I could say owner occupied, no. Ownership info. I want to find somebody that's bought a property in the last year. Here we go. There's 71 properties that have been sold in the last year in that zip code. I can download this list. I can skip trace them. I can get their letters, their addresses. I can send them letters. I can call them and find out from them, hey, are you looking for more deals here? Okay. There's another cool thing here that I like from the quick list choices called flippers. And here we go. What this does, and there's only two of them because this is, again, a tough area, but what this does is in that zip code, it pulls up all of the properties that have been purchased recently by an investor and then been relisted on the MLS. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of these are either new construction or rehab properties. Um, this may not be a good example. This looks like a new construction. It's just an art, artist rendering. No, it's a real. All right. Well, here is a real property that somebody bought in that zip code and rebuilt a new home. All right. 
you can go here to MLS details. And the, the owner was uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, City Carpenters Regional. I don't know what this is. Maybe it's a some government agency bought this thing and built it. But here you can scroll down. Uh, it looks like it's maybe it's under it's pending now. But it's on the market 343 days. You can see who the listing agent is. Sandra Dew Ganey. Okay, there's her office phone number. So call Sandra Dew and ask her if her client is looking for more properties to rehab. Okay, so this flippers thing is really cool because it's right here under quick list choices. You can find the people that have bought recently, rehabbed it and relisted it. That's who the flippers are. And so you want to find out who's a listing agent of those of those rehabbers are. Call them, call the owners that flipped that flipped it. Those are really cool. and in fact, one of my favorite markets areas in St. Louis right now is Baldwin. Oops, Baldwin, Missouri. It's a big area. Hard to find deals there. And if I go here to filter flippers. Okay, so we already have that. Let me just reset it one more time. Let me go to flippers. Again, propstreamjoe.com is where you can get this. Here are 12 properties that have been flipped. If I click on one of them, they've been purchased by a, an investor. Maybe this is a vacant lot. All right, so they, maybe they did some developing. They did, they did a, some, I don't know, some underground work on that. Here's a better example. Here's a property that has been owned by for a year. It took them a year to rehab it, and they did a beautiful job. They finally finished rehabbing it. You think they're looking for some good deals? Maybe they lived in it for a little bit. This looks like they've actually lived in it. Maybe it was an Airbnb, but it was an absentee owner who owned it. You see the mailing address? Here's the, it's the mailing address and the property address are different. All right. So anyway, you get my point, what I'm saying. There. Let me just summarize this all up. Find out who else is build, uh, buying properties in that neighborhood and then contact them. Contact the realtors. All right. If they tell you, because the, the student got it under contract for 185. All right, $185,000. If they tell you, yeah, my client would be willing to pay 200 for it. Well, there you got a deal, okay? If they, they say my client would be willing to pay maybe 150 for it, all right, you got to go back to the seller and renegotiate the price at maybe 125. Then you can wholesale. You might need a double close because it's, uh, I don't know, if there's realtors involved. But these deals are typically cash deals, much easier to work on. Cool Beans, any questions on that deal before we move on? Victor's got a good question here on that property. What about looking at the land across the street and its value? So if, yeah, you could like, well, I kind of did that already. Um, looking at PropStream, who were the, I looked at who bought anything, vacant land and properties and, and buildings. Um, do you want to find who are the, the investors who bought the vacant land? Whether it's a vacant lot or a building, you want to contact all of those, all of those people that bought. And sometimes these are teardowns, right? So it's it's not worth anything more than what the land is. Uh, Larry Goins, I learned this from Larry Goins a long time ago. Um, when he's doing small town deals, um, there's a lot of um, teardown. And so, or a lot of properties have vacant lots next to them that he's buying. He always offers nothing more than $500 for a vacant lot. And he'll consistently sell them for $5,000, okay? So it's just, a, you can make a quick $4,500 making $500 offers on vacant lots. In fact, I know there's a lot of, st this is crazy. Look at this. We're, we're going to 63106, 63106. I know people that go into these zip codes. Let me reset this filter, right? There's 3,800 properties here in the zip code. They go here to vacant land. There are 1,600 vacant lots. I don't know why that one's coming up here, but there's about 1,600 vacant lots in that zip code. All right. And they'll download all 1,600 of them and just send offers to all the owners for $500. I'll buy your vacant lot for $500. You might get one out of every 500 letters accepted, offers accepted. So you get two or three deals out of this. Okay. You buy it for 500 bucks or what's better yet, because especially in this area, what I would do is I would have a 90 day contingency period for due diligence. 
90 days, you get 90 days to close. Then I would re-put that property, put a sign out there, um, put it on Facebook Marketplace, maybe list it on the MLS with a flat fee broker or something like that for five grand or maybe three grand. And you can also sell these vacant lots on terms. I know guys that do this a lot, especially in smaller towns, maybe not in the inner city, but in smaller towns, you find these people who own little quarter acre lots. You make them an offer for a hundred bucks, 500 bucks. And you turn around and you sell it for $5,000 on terms for maybe a hundred bucks a month. Okay. And they, they, they just, those are little cash cows that come in. Um, and you only, you only, what do you have to lose? You have a hundred bucks. Okay. You got to pay some property taxes, but you can sell them on owner financing and get payments. And uh, a lot of times the neighbors of these vacant lots will buy them just for, just so that they can have that vacant lot. Nobody else will build on it or whatever, but it's such a steal. You can sell them really easily. I just gave you guys a million dollar idea right there. Find maybe a better zip code than this. Get all the vacant lots. doesn't matter if it's a quarter acre lot, quarter of a quarter acre, one eighth of an acre lot. I don't know. Mail offers at $100. Just mail them stupid offers. You're going to get one out of 100, one out of 500 offers accepted. Give yourself a 90 day contingency to resell it, to do your due diligence and uh, sell it on owner finance. Get 50 to 100 bucks, 200 bucks a month. You'll be shocked. There's a lot of people that are doing that in small towns. It's pretty crazy. Let's just look at this one, for example. This is a vacant lot next to some building. Let's see if I can look at it on a map. All right. Let me just pull this property up in Google Maps. Let's look at satellite. Oh, look at this. It's right next to this thing. Yeah. National Geospatial. It's a new government building. All right. Look at that. It's a vacant lot right there. If I look at the street view, this is a boarded up building. There's a vacant lot right there. Who knows? Buy it for a hundred bucks, maybe sell it to whoever owns this property. But I'm not going to close on it until I find a buyer for it. I might be able to find somebody that would pay 50 bucks a month for it. Maybe somebody buys this one and they just want to own this one next to it. Again, this is a rough area. I mean, this buying infill lots of in the hood may not be a good strategy, but it's like right next to this area that there are. See, there's some new construction there. Okay. All right. Real quick, somebody else submitted a deal to me. And I just want to talk about this one here. This is a house in Panama City, Florida, and it's a for sale by owner, and they um, are listing it for $241,000, but it's been on the market for 128 days. Now, people ask all the time, well, the market, there are no deals out there. The market is white hot. Well, if it is, and all you need to do is stick a sign in the yard and you get multiple offers above asking price, why are there still properties like this that have been on the market for about four months that haven't sold yet? They're asking too much. They're asking too much. So I had a student who, bless her heart, just taking massive action, maybe didn't go through all of the modules, but just started making offers like she's supposed to do, right? Well, what she did is she would go in and find the ARV of these houses and make offers at 90% of ARV. And so she figured the ARV of this house was, I don't know, maybe 240. Multiply that by 90% and made a cash offer on this property for 225. Now, let me ask you a question. Was that a good deal? It's listed right now as a FISBO for 242. She made an offer for 225. Is that a good deal? If you can watch, if you're watching me now on YouTube's or Facebook, is that a good deal? I'm looking at my YouTube comments to see if I see any here. I don't see any comments. All right. I'm seeing the Zoom chat comments here. No, 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 no. Too high. Retail. No, nope. Only if the market is up. No spread. It's a little tight. What does she want to do with it? She wants to wholesale it. If you're watching me now on YouTube, and I know you are because I can see you all, type something in the comments, please. Let me know. All right. So no, it's not a good deal, right? Because here's the thing. If she were offered 225 and she wants to wholesale it, what is she going to have to sell it for? Thank you, Scott. Scott, I can't pronounce your last name on YouTube. How are you doing, Scott? 
<laughs> Thanks for commenting. All right. If she buys it for $225. She's going to have to sell it for $235, right? You think she's going to be able to sell a deal that's only six grand, six or seven grand less than what is currently listed for? No, no, she's not. Now, what should she offer on this deal? Okay. Um, looking at this, it doesn't need much work. The cabinets are outdated. The kitchen, though, is in great shape. This is definitely rent ready. This is probably a retail buyer, right? This is a retail market. There are some buyers out there that would be willing to buy this thing. It's just overpriced right now. And the seller, probably not very motivated, right? They're probably not super motivated because they don't want to list it with a uh, with an agent. Now, let's just look this property up in PropStreamJoe.com. This is why I love PropStreamJoe because you can look up these deals anywhere in the country. I'm in St. Louis, and here I am looking up this property in Panama City, Florida, which is a great market. And let's look at details here. The seller has owned the house for 19 years, almost 20 years, and they have estimated equity here. They have a lot of equity in this house. They just think it's worth more than it is. They think they it's a hot market. They're reading the news. They're seeing all these other neighbor houses selling fast. They should be able to sell theirs fast as well. So, uh, you can see here mortgage and transaction history. They have a mortgage from 2001 of $67,000. They're estimating the loan balance today to be about 38. So it was last sold in 2001. Okay. So there's a lot of equity in this deal, which means what? The seller might be willing to, here's the thing. I might go to the seller and say, I am could get you uh, 225 because this I, this is what I told the student. You're going to need to go back to the seller and either cancel this contract or renegotiate a lower price. Or tell the seller, I might be able to get you 225 if you'd be willing to maybe let it let me rent it from you for a couple of years first. Or maybe we could do some kind of owner financing or um, I can just take over your mortgage payments. Or this is even better. You could say, Mr. Seller, I can't pay you cash for 225. It's just not going to work. But what if I could get you the same equity you would get if you sold with a realtor? Would that be fair? Hmm, what does that mean? If I could get you the same equity you would get if you sold with a realtor, just looking at rough numbers here, I'm going to get my calculator out here. So um, if they were to fix this up and sell it on the MLS, they could probably sell it for 235, okay? 235. After commissions, carrying costs, closing costs, all the various costs associated with selling, they're usually you know, in a, in a, in a normal market are going to walk away with like, maybe um, they're going to pay about 15% in a normal market. In a hot market like this, they're going to pay about 10%. Okay. So if we list it for 235, they're only going to probably walk away with 90% of that times 0.9. So they're going to walk away with about $211,000. And let's say they owe, if we looked at PropStream here, I think, what was the number here? Uh, where's my, there it is. They owe, uh, mortgage history. They owe about 40,000, let's say. Okay. So they're going to list for 235. They're going to walk away with 210. I'm going to multiply that times. I'm going to subtract 210, 40,000. So their true net equity is about $170,000. All right. What if I told them I can get you the same equity you would get if you sold with a realtor, if you just wait a little bit for it. Okay. So what you do then is you would buy the house, you make an offer to take over the existing loan and they're Estimated payment is about four fifty. You say, "All right, I'm going to give you your hundred and seventy thousand dollars in equity in five years if you're willing to wait for it." If they say, "No, I want some of it now," they want twenty five grand now. You could say, "All right, well, instead of giving you one hundred and seventy grand for your equity, I'll give you one hundred and fifty grand for your equity, and twenty. I'll give you twenty five now." And so, no, let me rephrase this. I'll give you, I'm going to lower the amount of equity I'm giving them for the, the more money I put down up front. So I'll say, all right, I'll give you 150. If you want money now, I'll give you 150 grand of your equity. And this is how it'll work out. 
I'll give you 25 grand now and the other 125 grand in five years. You understand what I'm saying there? So you can give the seller some options. And this is what you take over the existing mortgage. This might even be a deal because that mortgage is so low. If they want to just pay it off, you could bring a private investor, pay that private, uh, use that private investor's money um, to pay off the existing loan. You want to make sure that the cash flow numbers work. So there's a lot of different creative ways you can do this. Um, but I just wanted to show you a couple of things here. Number one, how you can, um, what kind of cash offer would you make on this? And then maybe what are some of the other creative things that you could do with this? So on this, if you go to partnerwithjoe.net, partnerwithjoe.net, you're going to be taken here and you can get my free offer calculator. When you get there, you're going to get this and you're going to put in some information here, your company name. This is a software that's going to help you make a um, make some quick cash offers, okay? Your company name, Joe Home Buyers LLC, your name, Joe Buyer, your business phone number, 800-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, fax number, da-da-da-da-da-da, I don't know what. And then your business address, I got one there. All right, website if you have one, ESPN.com. Next, is where you want to put the seller's name. And you can get that from PropStream Joe. Seller's name was John and Charlotte Nokido. All right, and you can put the, I'm not going to put the property address in here. You can do that, okay? I pick the state, Alabama, do a zip. And you put their mailing address, city, state, zip. Okay, next. Now, why are we doing that? Because it's going to fill out some... Um, uh, a proposal. Zillow's estimate. Now we need to figure out the um, the ARV of this property. And I'm the way I figure out the ARV of the after repair value is I just use the numbers I get from Zillow, PropStream, Redfin, things like that. So Zestimate is 214500 214500 Um PropStream, PropStream Joe said it's worth uh, right there, 198797 198797 All right, let's go. What about Redfin? Let me uh, copy this address one more time. Let's go to Redfin. So it's not in Panama City. All right, so Redfin doesn't have a number. Uh, what about Realtor.com? Redfin is not in every market. Let's see what realtor.com gives it a value. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it makes it hard to find. All right, so they're estimating a value of 201,000. There's another way you can do this. Um, I'm going to put that in here now before I forget. So you go to realtor.com, 201, um, realtor.com. I get Redfin and Realtor.com mixed up all the time. Here we go. Right here, if you see see more valuations, this is a some this is thing where it uh, it, it tracks your home. And so if this isn't your home, you need to like do a new address here. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go all the way over here to the right, okay? And you can see. Let me get it right there. You see over there on the left. Let me see if I can zoom in. They're going to give you Collateral Analytics estimates 208, CoreLogic 201, Quantarium 189. All right, so it depends on where you put this here. Let's just say collateral is 208. You can just type that in. I don't know how to spell collateral. All right, so we average those. And if you can get more, you know, you can from the MLS or ePraisal, if ePraisal is working, sometimes it doesn't. You can see the average is about that. That's what I'm going to go with. The average is 205. That's the ARV I want to use. Click next. Now, what it does here in the cash offer, and this is a free version you guys can get at propstreamjoe.net. It gives you two different methods for cash offers. Method number one is the ARV times a certain percent minus repairs minus your fee. This is your typical Mayo formula. It's been around for a thousand years and it works. ARV after repair value times 70% minus repairs minus fee. Now you may not want, because it's a hot market, it's Florida, do 80%, all right? Square footage on this property, I think we said it's uh, 1982, 1982. This We use this to estimate repairs. Repairs, you can, you know, if it's zero, if it doesn't need any work, I do zero, zero. If the seller says it doesn't need any repairs on five, you know, you can choose different amounts here. I'm just going to say zero because looking at the, the Zillow pictures, it's ready to go. Now, if you wanted to rehab it, you might want to change, update the countertops. 
maybe put carpet on the floors. So if you wanted to, you know, maybe do five bucks a square foot. So 10 grand. Wholesale fee, you always want to make at least 10 grand wholesale fee on these deals. Okay. So here we go. Method one cash offer is going to be 144.90. But there's another method I like to use for finding cash offer. And that's the average of the lowest solds times a certain percentage. How do you find that number? Well, I like to use PropStream Joe again. So let's go back into PropStream. Do I have the property right here? Yeah, here it is. So if I click on comps, this is cool because it looks at the last year within 15 or 20% of the square footage within a half mile. And we have 41 comps here. This is good. I'm going to sort this by amount. Now you can look here, some of these, wow, what's going on here? 25, 25, 30, 40, 50, 78. I don't know. Maybe we could do a shorter distance, 0.25. Sort it by amount. Huh. So sometimes, oh, this, some of this is vacant land. You see that? So I'm going to change this to property type. Let's make it single family. There we go. So these are just single family, sort it by amount. All right. Now, what I like to do sometimes is I sometimes throw out the really, really low outliers. So I'm just going to take 100, 125, 150, 155 as my four lowest. I'm going to average them. So what I do here is I'm going to do 100,000, oops, 125. And what was the next one? 150, 155. That's going to give me an average of a 132. And here you can do now a discount. Usually it's 80%. But this is like, if the house needs a lot of rehab, that's when you do about 80%. If it doesn't need any rehab, I'm maybe higher at 90%. Okay. And you can always, this is just an estimated calculation. This is just the offer that's going to get your foot in the door. So now I have two different cash offers, 144 and 119. Now, what do you want to use? Well, I don't know. Let's look to see real quickly what are other similar properties listed for in this area. So if I if I make an offer for 144, I'm going to add 10 grand to I'm going to sell it for 154. If I offer 119, I'm going to sell it for 129. So what does my competition look like? To do that, I'm just going to go here to Redfin and that I did a search for that house. In fact, let me let me do a search one more time. I'll show you what I'm talking about because this is important to understand. I'm going to go to Zillow right here. I'm going to paste in the address. I'm going to search for that house. Here it is. Brings it up. Now, when I X out of here, that house is going to be right in the center of that map. And I'm going to click remove boundary. And I want to see all the other houses that are currently for sale right now. I'm going to say, take this and sort it by low to high. Here's my competition. Here's a new construction for 150. This one's for sale for 185. And I don't care too much about the square footage on this. I mean, maybe this one is 900. But this just shows you like, oh my gosh, these this thing here is listed for 199. Like if I'm going to sell my property for, and she's trying to sell it, what, I forget what it was, 250 or whatever. But look at these houses that your competitors, your buyers are looking at. You could go in here and filter by beds and baths. You could say, all right, well, only give me three plus bedrooms. You could say, only show me the houses that are bigger than 1,500 square feet. But here you go. There's some Fizbos here as well. Why would they want to buy your house for 250 when they can buy this one? It's a pre-foreclosure for 240. This one for 240, that's the one we're looking at. All right, so I'm looking at this thinking, all right, if I offer... 144. Can I sell it for 154? I don't know. Look, I can buy this one for 150. Maybe. Yeah, I feel good about that, right? Look at other listings. These are Fizbos. All right. So I feel good about that. I'm going to go with a higher number. I'm going to offer 144. And I'm going to put down $1,000 earnest money. I'm going to give a deadline of Friday. Okay. Click submit. And this free software is going to give you an offer right here. If I click this, it's a PDF. And this is what I can send to the seller. This is what's really cool. It's got the seller's name and address up there. The sheet of paper is worth 144. Let me zoom this in a little bit. Okay. And this is what I'm going to send to them in the mail, in an email and in the mail. My website, ESPN. Page two is my one-page contract. Page three 
is this, here are the benefits you'll experience when you sell your house to us. Everyone else, read the fine print. Who knows if they're going to close? Be careful, watch out. And then if you sell your property, there's two ways. Determine the price, prepare the home, advertise, wait for an offer, wait for an offer, advertise, wait for an offer, show the property, wait for an offer, negotiate a sales price, make the repairs, prepare all the contracts, coordinate and follow up, or sell your house to us, get a check at closing. Okay. So real quick, you can now take this. If you're using FreedomSoft Joe, my signature edition, you can save this PDF to your computer, put it into FreedomSoft, send it in a physical mail to the seller, email it to the seller, text it to the seller. Now, then you set up a task to follow up with that seller in 30 days. Chances of them accepting this, let's be honest, 144 is slim to none because right now they're asking 254 to whatever, right? But I don't care. I'm going to send them an offer anyway. Now, this offer for 144 is definitely better than the offer um, for 225 if you're going to wholesale it. Now, you might again be able to offer the seller 225 as a wholesale deal. Um, I'm sorry, you might be able to offer the seller 225 if you can get it as a lease option or an owner finance. Now, when you go into my course, Partner with Joe, you're going to get access to, hang on here, I got to open it up. I should have had this open before we started. You're going to get access with Partner and Joe into my main software for offers. And I'm not going to have time here to show. Maybe I can find it here. Hold on. Come on, baby. Here we go. Boom. Let me go here. Okay. When you um, become a Partner with Joe member, you have my main software right here. And this thing will help you come up with a lease option offer and owner financing offers. Okay. You've come up with two different lease option offers and two different owner financing offers, which is super awesome. And then what it does is it gives you um, a proposal so you can give them what I like to do, especially in this situation. I like to give the sellers options. I say, all right, I can pay you 144 cash or I can get you 200 as a sandwich lease option. Or I can get you 225 with owner financing, principal only payments or whatever. And it gives you then a, a, an attachment to this but explains what a lease option is, explains what owner financing is, and explains it, what are the benefits for you, okay? Let me look here in the Zoom chat to see if there's any um, questions or comments. Peter says here, I'm new to the owner financing lease option strategies. I wanted to know if both are legal in Texas. I'm excited about the partnership with you. Cool, Peter. Um, so in Texas, you can't do sandwich lease options, but you can do lease option, I'm sorry, uh, lease option assignments. So you can assign or wholesale lease options in Texas, but you can't do sandwich lease options, but you, and you can also do owner financing land contract subject twos all day in Texas, for sure. Those are great deals. Are my letters and contracts and forms reviewed and compliant in all 50 states? Uh, Regina, I can't answer that because I don't know. And it depends on who you ask in all 50 states. I have students in all 50 states that have done deals using my contract, but I always recommend you find somebody who um, can... Um, review your contracts, whether you use mine or anybody's. Even if you're using standard realtor contracts, you should get an attorney to review your contracts for you. Yes, you can't do sandwich lease options in Texas, Jerry. You can only do them for six months in Texas, but that's all right. Just do a land contract or a contract for deed. It's just different paperwork. You call it something different. I teach you how to use those different strategies in my simple lease options course in Texas. Now you can do lease option assignments all day in Texas. Okay, cool. Now I know I'm way over my time. Um, one of my students who's on here asked me to review a deal in Huntsville, Texas. Let's just look at that real quick here. I'm going to look it up on Zillow. Um, seven Sycamore Lane, seven seven three two zero. All right, this is a property that is pending right now for one twenty five. All right, the student said the ARV is two ninety four. First thing that I'm, I look at this thing. Well, maybe not. The estimate says one nineteen. How did you get the ARV to be two hundred ninety four thousand? And this is similar to the other deal that was submitted. Yeah, this needs work. It needs updating. 
But if you're going to wholesale this deal, you got it under contract for 125, you're going to have to sell it for 135. Do you see the problem? If you got this under contract for 125, who's and it's it was on the market for 33 days. You're not going to be able to sell it for for 135 if they couldn't sell it for 125 in 30 days. So, you know, he just look at this and think, "All right, well, all right, if I'm going to sell this thing to a wholesaler, I'm going to need to sell it for 100 maybe." So, I need to offer 90. This is where you would I would look this property up in PropStream, propstreamjoe.com. I'm going to look at comps here. I'm going to go to details. They say the value here is about 170. So you, I don't know, something happened with the ARV. I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's multiple properties on there or something. But that property, just looking here, they're they're estimating 170. What um, they've there's no length of ownership there. But I'd look at comps here. Let's look at both MLS and public record. Now, because sometimes it's public record, it's non-disclosure. You're going to see some estimates. Estimates. Maybe we need to go out further. Let's do one mile. All right. So. I'm looking here, just not spending too much time looking at this, but I see 105, 132, 154, maybe 175, 180. So I would take, if I was going to make an offer, I need to be somewhere down here. I, I, I'm going to, again, they're, they're trying to sell it for 125. I need, if I want to wholesale it, what do you think about what your buyer is going to look at? Your buyer is going to look at this and say, wait a minute, you want to buy, you want me to buy it for 135 and it was just listed for 125. I'm out. But if you can advertise it for 100 and your buyer looks at this and says, oh, wow, it was listed on Zillow for 125. I can buy it for 100. I might be interested. So you got to look at it. What would, how can I make this deal attractive to an end buyer? There's two ways you can do that. Make sure it's, you're advertising it less, significantly less, less than what they've last advertised it for. Or number two, you can offer it with terms. Okay. So if you were to give this seller, you could say, listen, I'll buy it from you for, for 115 with principal only payments of $500 a month. Then you can turn around and sell it. You can just sell your contract maybe for 10 grand. You see what I'm saying? So get it on terms. I would make this seller, I would make a cash offer for 75 is what I would do. I'd make a cash offer for 75 and I'd make them an owner financing offer for 125 with principal only payments of $500 a month until paid. Okay. Then I would turn around and I would sell that deal. Um, I would just sell the contract to another investor in the area. And how would I find those investors? PropStream, which is what I showed you before. So I would sell my contract for 10 grand. All right. So, wow, I went way longer than I had hoped, but I hope this was helpful for you guys. What are some of the big, those of you that are watching me right now on YouTube um, and Zoom, what were some of your big takeaways? Okay. Author's asking a good question here. How do I get this? How do I get out of this contract? The sooner, the better. And this is normal, guys. First of all, I said this at the very beginning. Those of you guys, you're making offers. You're going to make mistakes, but that's okay. It's okay to make mistakes, okay? Don't beat yourself up for making bad offers. Pat yourself on the back. You're doing what five only five percent of investors do. Like it's sad. I, I've sold thousands of courses. Okay, only five percent ever take any action on this stuff. You're one of those action takers. So congratulations, number one, for even making offers. That's okay. I'm glad you made a bad offer. It's better than not making any offers. So get get uh, congratulations for making offers. Number one. All right. Number two, you got to fix this as soon as possible. So you got to go back to the seller and say, listen. I always blame it on the numbers. I blame it on the numbers. I blame it on one of three R's, the resale value, the repairs, on the rental values. You can just say, listen, I reviewed this with my financial partner. I reviewed this with my lender, my partner, my mentor, okay? 
And I reviewed this and the numbers aren't going to work. The ARV, the repair, the, the retail value is not as high as I thought it was. The repairs, I underestimated the repairs. It needs more repairs than I thought I did. And the rents, it doesn't rent for as high as I thought it would. You got to blame it on the numbers, put it in writing, just send them a letter and cancel the contract. Okay. As long as you're within the contingency, it's not a problem. Not a problem at all. But if you're past that inspection contingency, you might have a little problem on your hands. But uh, the sooner, the better. This is why it's so important. As soon as you get that property under contract, you need to start calling other wholesalers and other buyers, other investors in that neighborhood who have bought properties recently or who are actively doing deals and find out from them, hey, I think I got a deal. You want to partner with me on? Here's another great tip. Write this one down. As soon as you get a deal under contract, you should be calling local hard money lenders. Okay. If a hard money lender would not lend money on this deal, it's not a deal and you need to back out of it. Okay. And then you tell this hard money lender, listen, I got this deal. If you will lend on this deal, maybe you have a buyer on. I'll pay you a $3,000 commission fee, whatever. If you bring this, if you market this deal to one of your buyers, that hard money lender knows who all the, the players are in that local area. Right. And you tell that hard money lender, I'll give you three grand. If you, if you, you can sell this to one of our, your buyers. Also, now you can take that deal. When you're advertising it and marketing it, you can say, I already have the financing in place. I already have a hard money lender that will lend on this deal. So hard money lenders are huge person players on your team. You've got to find the local hard money lenders, not the big national ones. They don't have, they don't have clue what they're doing. Find the uh, local hard money lender because they have the buyers and they can help you wholesale that deal. Okay, Paul is asking a question about FreedomSoft and my automator offer software. The automated offer software is completely different than FreedomSoft. You're going to get the automated offer software inside the membership site. If you have a problem finding that, you don't know where it is, send an email to support at joemccall.com, support at joemccall.com. But they're completely separate, Paula. Jim, one of the best things you do is share the actual closes you are you use while negotiating. This gets us to be to a fair, reasonable price and not overpaying. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Thanks for using the property I submitted as an example in Panama City. Oh, hey, Jesse. You're welcome. <laughs> Mario, quickly, Joe, getting back to cash buyers. At what price would we negotiate with a realtor providing they connect us with their cash buyers? Um, Mario, uh, what price do you negotiate with the realtor? You got to work that out with the realtor. If a realtor is going to be bringing you buyers, that realtor will also tell you what their buyers would pay. So I would just tell the realtor, listen, and be honest with them. It's okay to tell them this. Listen, I'm a new investor. I just bought some late night infomercial course on how to get rich quick overnight, okay, to make a joke out of it. But I got a deal that I think you or one of your clients might be interested in. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll be honest. I'm brand new with this. And so I got a motivated seller who's got this property they've got to sell. And I want to know if you can bring me a client, one of your clients to buy this thing, I'll split the deal with you 50-50. I'll pay you five grand in commissions, three grand in commissions, okay? Then that realtor is going to bend over backwards to try to help you with this thing, okay? They may tell you, you're crazy. You'll never sell that thing for 175. Okay, great. Thanks for letting me know. What could I sell this for? And do you have any buyers you can bring to me and we'll split the profits on this deal? I'll pay you commissions, whatever. And, and most of these deals are going to be cash deals. It's not a big deal. Um, and they'll help you wholesale this. Okay. You can do the same with other wholesalers that are already doing deals in these markets. I'm laying down gold. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? 
Are you smelling what I'm stepping in? <laughs> As one of my friends likes to say. Good. So real quick, what are some of your big takeaways from this? Sandra, make offers, be proactive, do something every day. That is absolutely right. And Jesse, pat yourself on the back. And, and Frank, the other one. And the other one was Arthur. I just showed you your deals. Pat yourself on the back. You guys are doing it, man. You're making offers. That's how you do deals. Doing deals, it work backwards. You want to make money, you got to do deals. If you want to do deals, you got to follow up. If you want to follow up, you got to make offers. If you want to make offers, you got to talk to sellers. If you want to talk to sellers, you got to do marketing. We're not in the real estate investing business. We're in the marketing business. You got to do marketing every single day, guys. Talk to five sellers every single day. Make offers every single day. Follow up with your sellers. Guys, 90% of your deals are going to come from follow-up. So make offers to the sellers. Even if they're stupid, dumb offers and you make a mistake, that's okay. It's okay. Just keep on, go back to the seller, renegotiate, cancel the contract, but keep on following up, okay? I've seen this over and over again. The seller says, they must really want my house if they keep on following up with me. Or they're talking to a neighbor and the neighbor wants to sell their property. And they're like, you know what? This guy keeps on bugging me and keeps on sending me letters and emails and texts. You should contact him. He might want to buy your house. Happens all the time, guys. Okay. Oh, I don't want to sell this house anymore, but I got this house I want might want to sell. So follow up, guys. The deals come from the follow-up. Anybody that's struggling, I always ask them one or two questions. Number one, how many offers have you made in the last month? All right. How much marketing have you done? How much follow-up have you done with your leads that you you got 120 leads in your database? When is the last time you followed up with them? The follow-up can be an email, a text, a postcard, a letter. That's where the deals are. And I can pretty quickly pinpoint what the problem is by asking those questions. If you're struggling, ask yourself this question. How many offers have I made in the last week? How much follow-up have I done? If you don't have any old leads to follow up with, find another investor that has some old leads and follow up with them. Georgia, I like the real examples. Don't offer too much just because the market is hot, right? Donna, know your buyers first. Very, very good. Regina, this is very useful. Opportunity to see your process, your thinking, options you consider under different circumstances. Awesome. Joe, quick question. How should I estimate the rehab cost on a brick home with major fire damage? All right, Harry, easy. Easy, 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 easy. Find somebody that's already doing rehabs in Cincinnati and ask them, okay? Find, remember I showed you in PropStream how to find flippers? Find the realtors, find the buyers who just flipped a property there and ask them. General rule of thumb, by the way, if it's a complete rehab, 30 bucks a square foot, okay? Depending on where you are, but that's a general rule of thumb. 20 to, th well, 25 to $35 a square foot, okay? For full gut rehab. It might be more, might be less, depending on the neighborhood and the type of rehab you want to do, but that's going to get you ballpark. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of questions here about rehabs. Let me show you guys something real quick here, and then I'm going to end, because this is why, one of the big reasons why I love FreedomSoft so much, okay? I'm going to share my screen with you here. This is my uh, this is my FreedomSoft account. My son has been helping me with some land deals, and we need to start sending some sly broadcasts for follow-up. Um, but look at this. This is some follow-up texts that are ready to send out. And these are texts saying, hey, Brenda, James, you should receive an offer in the mail in the next day or two for your property, okay? We send offers in the mail and we send them text reminders to look for the offers. Got 29 texts here to send because we sent 29 offers in the last few days. So I'm going to do this in order for uh, the, the way and how FreedomSoft stays compliant is it's not sending just like as a robot these texts. You have to manually click send SMS. So now these sellers are getting a text that we just sent them an offer in the mail for their property and they should look out for it. And sometimes they'll respond back, I never got it. So then we text it to them and email it to them. All right. All right. So let's look real quick at an example deal. I'm just going to do a new lead demo and the address. Um, this is my UPS store. All right. They have this thing right here called Rehab Estimator. And I love this. 
start a new estimate. This thing will get you within 10 to 15% of the actual rehab costs. Okay, you can give this a name, demo test. And you can say, all right, let's say this is a ranch and it's a 1,750 square foot ranch. And the finished square feet, 1,750. Basement, it's on a slab. Uh, you know, let's say it's got a 750 square foot basement and it's a uh, three bedroom, one and a half bath, one car garage. Roof, that needs some repair. Contingency, let's do 10% contingency. Total beater, yep, it's a total beater. Okay. Now here, property after repairs. We're not adding any new square footage. We're not adding any bedrooms. We're not adding any baths, still one and a half. The garage is still have a one car garage and the finished quality. Now we're going to do the average. You know, if I was going to do a full like luxury rehab, that's where you'd pick that. And now you pick which market it's in. Let's just pick Indiana, Indianapolis. That'll adjust for housing market rehab costs, create estimates. Boom. Just like that, we've got a rental grade rehab and a fix and flip rehab. Okay. And if I scroll down, for rental grade rehab, it's about twenty five bucks, uh, twenty five thousand. For retail fix and flip, about fifty two thousand. So remember my calculator, I said about um, thirty bucks a square foot. So we got fifty two thousand seven ninety divided by seventeen fifty. That's about thirty dollars a square foot right there. Okay, and so this is really cool because it, this will get you. This is really really scary accurate. I'm telling you, I've seen, I've talked to contractors, rehabbers that look at this and they're like, this is amazing. This is really good. Now you might not, you might spend $1,000 in light fixtures, but you might only spend 2000 in flooring. So these things go up and down, but these are just rough estimates that are going to get you really close to accurate rehab estimates for rental grade, 25 grand for fix and flip 52. Now you can attach these and print this as a flyer when you're advertising the property. I don't know if you can see this, but it creates this attachment. Okay. Um, you can then save this to attachments. So what that does is right here, if I click on attachments in a minute, it'll attach this, that thing I just did to here. Let me refresh my screen. It takes a minute. There it is. The estimate for repair. So when you're sending this out to your buyers, you can actually send this to them. Cool. But that this the rehab estimator, by the way, really, really cool and helpful. The deal analyzer is also really helpful and awesome. Um, for fix and flip. And again, guys, this is um, freedomsoftjoe.com. So you put in the information of what you purchased this for, the amount that you've purchased it, finance, financed it, fix up costs, closing costs, property taxes, insurance, miscellaneous holding costs, your first loan, second loan, if you're financing it with a hard money lender or whatever, how much you sell it for and your estimate estimated profit. So let's say on this house, we buy it, we buy it uh, on the, bought it on the July 26, we buy it for a hundred thousand. We financed it. We're going to put 50 grand in it for rehab. And you can make that part of your second loan or first loan. Let's just say we're paying cash for the fix-up costs. And uh, we're going to have $3,000 in closing costs. We've got $3,000 a year in property taxes and $1,500 a year for insurance. Well, for just the project, $1,000 for just the project. We've got uh, maybe $200 a month in utilities, maybe $100 a month in, or $200 a month in unknown miscellaneous holding costs. So our total project cost is this. We're going to get a first loan for that offset. I don't know what that is. The down payment, let's say we have to put a 10% down payment down. We're paying 8% uh, interest on that money. No points. Second loan, we're not doing any of that. So we're going to sell it in September 
22nd. The ARV, after we fix it up, 225. We're going to pay an agent commission 6%. We're going to have $3,000 in closing costs. We're going to have 1% seller concessions. Boom. So our cost of sale is that. Run deal analyzer. And here we go. So our total project cost is 156. We're financing 90. Cost of sales, 18 grand. It's going to last two months. We're going to need 66 grand in cash. Our total estimated net profit on this deal is 50 grand. Cash on cash return, 31%. Obviously, this is a really good deal. (laughs) All right. But you can go back here and and change some of this. If you say, all right, well, we're going to sell it for maybe 210, run deal analyzer. Okay, now our cash on cash is 23%. Our net profit's 35. That might work. You can also do analyzer settings. This is cool. I don't know if you can see this right now, but you can say, you can change what's going to be red, yellow, or green based on your net profit, your cash on cash, or your annual um, ROI. Yeah, it looks like you can see it there. Okay, now you can save this to your attachments. And when you're sending this out, to your buyers. There it is, a fix and flip analysis. You can send this as a PDF to your buyers, potential buyers to show them what they could potentially make on this deal. All right. All right. Malcolm's got a good common question here. When I'm giving sellers options, do I give them all the options at once or just one at a time? It depends. So if the seller's motivated and I'm on the phone with them and they want to sell, I'm just going to give them one offer at a time. If they're like not motivated, if it's a cold lead, they're like, no, I don't want to sell it or no, you're out of your mind. F you, they're mad or whatever. I'm going to send them all three options in the mail. So I always send my offers in the physical mail after I talk to the seller. Okay. So I like to send the three options after I've talked to them on the phone. If I'm talking to them and they're like, yeah, I might want to sell, you know, but they're not super motivated. It just kind of depends on the conversation, right? But generally, if they're motivated, I'm going to send them one offer at a time, the first one that I want. If I know there's equity and I know they need their cash and they need to close now, I'm not going to send them a lease option offer. I'm going to send them a cash offer and I'm going to walk through them with that over the phone. If I know there's not enough equity, but there is some cash flow, I might send them just a lease option offer on the phone. If they're like, no, nah, I'm not, you know, not interested, then I'm going to send them an offer in the mail, follow up, and I might do all three options. I'm going to do the cash offer knowing that they're not going to take that, but it positions my lease option offers that much better. I might do all three. So every single deal is different. Gilbert, I don't know if he answered my question. I am on module 18. I'm partnered with Joe. Should I stop simple lease options and focus focus on partnering with Joe? Okay, Gilbert, good question. Simple lease options is my class. That's my flagship course. That's my main program that teaches you how to do lease options subject to owner financing. Partner with Joe is just cash deals. Partner with Joe teaches you how to do wholesaling, traditional wholesaling, okay? You need both, okay? You need both because if a seller says no to your cash offer, you need to offer them something else. You can offer them a lease option and that's what the simple lease options course is going to teach you how to do. Make sense? Good guys, I appreciate all the kind words. You're giving me some really kind words here. And good, thank you, Harry. One more question. Jerry's asked this twice here. What's the difference between a sandwich lease option and a normal lease option? In my mind, they're the same. Now, in my mind, there's three different types of options. Just a straight up option is I'm going to give you an option to, and I have the 90 days to buy your house at this price. That's a straight up normal option. There's no lease involved. You have 90 days to either exercise your option or forget it. And then there's a sandwich lease option where you're going to stay in the middle. You're going to buy it from the seller and rent it from the seller at this certain price and you have five years. Then you're going to turn around and put a tenant buyer in it who's going to buy it from you at a higher price, lease it from you at a higher lease, and you're going to stay in the middle. You're going to get cash now, cash flow, cash later. 
that's a sandwich lease option. You're staying in the middle. Your average profit on one of those is going to be 30, 50 grand over three to five years. Then there's the lease option assignment or the wholesaling lease option. And this is where you get it under lease option with the tenant buyer. And then you turn around and you sell that lease option agreement to a tenant buyer. I'm sorry, did I say that right? You get it under contract with the seller to lease option it from the seller at a certain price. And then you just turn around and you sell that contract to a tenant buyer for $5,000 assignment fee and you're done and out of the deal. Make sense? All right, guys, I appreciate you all. If you have some questions about lease options and how do they do those, you know, how do you do lease options? I have a masterclass that you can go watch right now at sloclass.com. S-L-O as in S, as in Sam, as in simple, L-O, lease option, class.com. Sloclass.com, go check that out. If you want to learn how to do cash deals, go to partnerwithjoe.net, partnerwithjoe.net. And I'm out of here. Appreciate you guys. Hope you got some good value out of this. Let me know what you think. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Comment down below. Give me a thumbs up if you like this. If you're listening to this on a podcast or on Facebook and you want to see all the other REI secret videos I've done, go to my YouTube channel. Just do a search for Joe McCall and you'll find it there. Appreciate you guys very much.